Hello there. Dewanawanga. <laughs> that was the best one. <laughs> Welcome to the Babblers Guild where we watch and review films and if you're lucky, a few TV series and games along the way. So come on in, take a seat, grab yourself a drink, get comfortable. I'm Luke. And as always, I'm joined by the UK's leading Rancor Keeper expert, Jamie. Hello. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, oh dear. Um, it was so dramatic. And then you I'm went, here. All right. Hello. I was just thinking like, oh yeah, I do know how to keep Rancors. You do. You do I know completely how to forgot that about me. I can do everything under the sun. Mm. You are Danny <laughs> Trejo. That is you. I am. <laughs> what was that? Bob, Jamie, Bob, Boba Fett? Jamie, he, was in? he was in Mandalorian. Oh no, it was Boba Fett, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was in the Book of Boba Fett, which was essentially The Mandalorian Season 2.5. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, those last two episodes were just The Mandalorian. There's nothing else to it. Um, we are here. We are back for another week. And as you can see by the title of the episode, we've come to the end of the original trilogy. How the hell has that happened? I don't know. I think we've watched all three. and we've landed uh, You know at the I end. think... I think that somehow that's that's happened. I thought somehow we'd end up back at the first one. Somehow that's um, how things happen in the Star Wars universe. Palpatine returning somehow. It is, and we'll get onto that a little later on. Um, <laughs> how are you anyway? How are you doing this week? How's your week been? Um, it's not been too bad. Um, the weather's been a bit more stable, a bit easier to cope with. We've not been in that dreaded heat wave like we were last week. So it's yeah, been, that's uh, all gone been enjoyable um i'm wrapping off my last few days at work before i leave for another company i've had a bit of a chesty cough though so if... <clears throat> there we go if that comes up go. on the podcast great, a little great tickle, example it'll probably be edited out so the listeners you won't have to deal with it but that's been bothering me for about a week now um but yeah i've got, got nothing much to really report on what about yourself mm, very nice well i started my summer job which is in a little call center um it's fine um, the uh, there's a actually there was I say was there was another new starter who started with me yesterday. Um, then last night I got a little email, not an email, a text, and it said, "Hi Luke, really nice to meet you today." This is from my new manager for this summer job, and it just said, "Sorry to tell you that so and so has got COVID," <laughs> and I was oh, with dear. him all day. So I tested, and I did haven't got it, uh, but obviously I could have it, but just don't know. Um, so I need to keep well, fingers testing. crossed. Evening and morning, um, but they're going to just send me the laptop if push comes to shove and I've got to stay at home. I thought you were going to say that the email was going to say that the other person had left, which does sometimes happen in, in some call centres. Some people really it, hate the work. Yeah, they turn up for a day and then you just don't see them again. Nah, I mean I'm I'm loving it. Like so today, the um, this is really interesting for the viewers. The um, <laughs> the calls were like absolutely haywire so we had like over 200 calls today um and obviously if that's happening all the customer service emails get left to the wayside so i sort of took it upon myself to do the email so i I must have answered like 60 70 emails just on my own today and it was just like so many problems just to try and sort out and it's not just a case of get the email up read the email and email back straight away it's they send you a problem and you've got to go into your system and investigate it and find out where the missing item is. Is it in stock? Do they have to reorder something? Are you having to do a refund? So each email can take up to like 10, 20 minutes sometimes. It's like quite ridiculous. A bit of effort then. It is. It is quite a lot. And it's like as much effort as you are putting in on the phones. And luckily we've got like a team of like 12 people. But anyway, it's a summer job. I'm still becoming a teacher. Don't worry. Um, I'm, not, <laughs> not, I'm not quitting. Um, but 
obviously, like last week, we, instead of talking about all the things that we've been doing and going bloody do this, we decide on one thing per week. So let me take you into our, as some would say, world-famous section. I'm just going to keep going with that line. (laughs) Our weekly recommendation. Weekly recommendation. No, we're not doing that anymore. We're not. (laughs) We're not going to do it. The theme tune is Weekly Recommendation of the Week. Hey! There you go. I like that. That can still... Yeah, I can get on board with that. (laughs) There we go. So it's Weekly Recommendation of the Week. Hey! Hey! Yeah. There we go. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, Jamie, go on. Start us off. What's your recommendation? What is your recommendation? So my recommendation is a game this week, similar to last week. I think that's all I do with my spare time is is (laughs) play video games. I do consume other forms of media, such as... Star Wars films one a week which I then discuss on a podcast Um, but my game is one that (laughs) my game is one that's not particularly new it's been out a couple of years now but it's recently had a bit of a resurgence and uh, I've had a bit of time off this game and I've gone back onto it recently and I'm just absolutely hooked and that game is a little something called Fall Guys Oh yeah, you've been sending me some photos. You sent me something of like a um, someone wearing like a cuphead skin, didn't you? Yeah, so I think that's from the, the game came out in 2020 originally, and it was free on PS Plus for PlayStation players, and you could buy it on Steam for I think about a fiver. It wasn't right. expensive, um, but they've recently released it as free to play on Xbox, PC, and PlayStation, so anyone can play it for free now, and it's cross-platform. Um, but I think the Cuphead skin was introduced prior to it being free to play. They've they've actually created like a new game that you had to re-download, but all your progress carried over. So all the skins you got previously, you've still got access to them. Um, they, they've given a bit of a rejig to the currency system. So you used to get kudos depending on how well you played throughout the round. That would be points that you could spend on outfits in the store, and then right. you'd also get crowns. And it used to be a case that you'd get one crown for a win. Um, but on the squad mode, if you won a game as a squad, you'd get 20 shards, and if you got 60 shards, so three wins as a squad, you'd also get a crown. And sometimes there'd be some ultra-rare items in the store, which would cost like five crowns for the top bit and five crowns for the bottom, and I think Cuphead was one of those. So you'd need about ten wins on solos to pay for the Cuphead skin, and it, it was really good. But before the game, the game they would have seasons every month or so, and they would bring out new new tracks for the racing they'd bring out new levels and for anyone who doesn't know what fall guys is it's it looks like quite a childish game it to be fair it it's probably very is a colorful kids game it's very colorful and there's some catchy music <laughs> like that it's it's a bit of a mix between total wipeout or wipeout i believe it's called in the states um but like the obstacle fun. course that's where the they, whole point yeah so it's like obstacle courses but at the same time it's also a bit of a mix between takashi's castle so yes. if anyone's never yes. watched Takashi's Castle, I'll look it up. But essentially it's round upon round of mini games and people get eliminated in each stage and then ultimately make it to a final where they compete for the win. There's usually about four or five rounds. Some of these are just straight races for obstacle courses. Some are survival game modes where there might be obstacles trying to throw you off, uh, throw you off a platform and you've got to stay on. There's also like some logic games where you've got to count pieces and then stand on a tile that corresponds to those, otherwise you get thrown off. So there's quite a lot of different party modes. But since they've released it as free-to-play, they've added in quite a few more. They've done a whole revamp to the point system. You still get kudos, and you do still get crowns, but the crowns aren't a currency so much anymore. They give you like a level, um, and it depends on how many you have. But you need 
you only need a few crowns to get through the first few levels, but I think to get to the next level, I need another 13, and then I'll be on about 130-something crowns. But then to get to the oh, max yeah. level of crowns, I need 4,500. Then how long do you think that would take? Forever. Probably won't get there, <laughs> if I'm honest. Forever. <laughs> but yeah, there's some great new levels in that. Um, it's really good for the squad modes, because it, when they first released it, there was no squad mode. So if you wanted to play as a squad, you would do the solo shows, and you'd all be out for each other, which meant if you got eliminated in a round early on and your squad got through, you'd have to sit and watch them Twenty minutes till they finished. Whereas right. now in the squad mode, what happens is you get a team score. So if it's a race, all all of you are racing against all the other teams. But depending on where you finish individually, your team gets a certain amount of points. So if you come right, first okay. and then a teammate comes second, you might have enough points to beat the other teams if your other teammates come further down the list. So Ooh. yeah, if people are up for a free game that's fun to play and they've never played for guys and want a happy, colourful obstacle absolute bonanza uh, of a game where it's just absolutely crazy and ridiculous give Fall Guys a go it's it's so fun, that's my rec- I've forgotten the tune already Um, I have as well <laughs> wait it was um, our weekly recommendation woo, was something like that something like that, hey, um, hey. that is my weekly recommendation, <laughs> hey what's yours hey. <laughs> Uh, right, mine's a bit different. Um, mine is so. As I said last week, the recommendations can be anything, anything we want to recommend at all. Doesn't matter what it is. Um, this week, mine is it's an album. Ooh, fancy. Mm, yeah. So I like to listen to bands and music and all that good stuff of people who aren't very well known. Um. Sort of people who aren't in the charts, but quite a lot of people listen to them, but they're not current and popular in brackets, okay. if you get my meaning. now. So the songs that you've heard, but you couldn't name them or who makes the song? Potentially, but I mean, not not even that. Like, If I went through a list of all the al- bands that I've listened to, like, probably no one would know who they are. Uh, <laughs> this one, um, anyway, is an album which came out in 2021. And it's by a band. They It's going up very slowly, but they get about 450,000 listeners a month. So they're not massive, but they're not tiggy-tiggy. So it's a band called The Raytons. I can't say I've heard of them. Ah, there you go. So you know, they have an album that came out in 2021. It's their first full album. And they've had some EPs before, but this is the first one. It's called Kids Off The Estate. Now, they're a band, and if I'm right in saying they're from Doncaster, and hey, Donny. Yeah, Donny. They um they're great. Like I it just came on on a random playlist one of their songs um which is called Low Life and I was like, "Oh, this is great." And I just put the album on and I listened to it from start to finish and I can't stop listening to it. And I've been listening to it for about 3 months and when I don't know what music to put on, I always put this album on. Now, it's sort of a mix of sort of it's a little bit bit like brit poppy but it's a little bit punk rocky but it's more on the brit pop side okay but then it's sort of there's no like grime rap but it has sort of for me anyway a very slightly like grime feel like the things they're singing about in the songs is very real it's like it's stuff that people go through not horrific things 
but just stuff that happens in everyday life that people usually don't like to talk about. Like one of them's about um, this girl, and she knows that um, her boyfriend. This is sort of what I've taken from it is out on the lash, and she knows that he is um, cheating on her while she's out, and she's trying to call his phone constantly. It's just like stuff like that, but Aww. you don't really you don't really get it until unless you like listen to it and fully listen to the lyrics, but. If you're looking for a great album to listen to, definitely listen to Kids Off the Estate by the Raytons. They are a great British band, great up-and-coming British band, and I implore you to listen to them. Uh, a few of their songs are explicit on the album. There's only three of them, so obviously if you're on Spotify, look out for that little E if you're not a fan of that stuff. But What's the rest your profanity? Them... What's your <laughs> profanity? But the rest of them are clean as a bloody... Whistle. So there you go. Shout out to the Raytons. Probably one of my favourite bands. They are on tour at the moment and I did want to go and see them, but I'm not going to get the chance, which I'm very upset about. So hopefully next time I'll get to see the Raytons next year. And so that's it. There's my recommendation. A lovely little album. Hopefully the Raytons get all the good ratings. Ooh. We're never short of puns here, are we? You're never bloody short of puns, are you? You're like the bloody pun king. And I'll tell you what else we're not short of. Beer. Is it time for this segment? I, I think it's time for yet another one of the, as some would say, world famous segments. The perfect poor. Perfect pour of the week. That perfect one can stay. Pour. That one can stay, of course. That one can stay. That's the classic. Uh, we will try and remember the theme for re- weekly recommendation next week. <laughs> we'll anyway, hear it this. when we listen back. <laughs> we will hear it. When I'm editing it, I'll cut it out and I can just stick it in every time. Anyway, this beer, uh, I didn't end up going to Batch, unfortunately, for a different one, but I I bought this at the weekend, actually. I never ended up drinking it, and I thought, actually, no, I'll leave it, and I'll, I'll use it for the, for the podcast. This is one of my favourite beers. It's not like a... <clears throat> it's not something that I drink all the time I'd say it's something that I have to be in the mood for now it's a porter it's a type of porter it's a plum porter and it's by the Titanic Brewery it's called Plum Ooh. Porter it's great it's it's it smells like plums like I've never opened a beer and gone that is how it exactly smells even if they're sort of meant to be grapefruit flavoured I'll open it up and I won't go that smells like grapefruit I just think it smells like a kind of wheaty hoppy beer but this is an incredible beer if you never had it. So it's Titanic Brewery Plum Porter. It's 4.9%. And like I said, it's by the Titanic Brewery. And on the back, it says, if you had to, if you had suggested our best-selling and multi-award-winning beer would be dark, fruit-flavoured, and 4.9 ABV three years ago, we would have said to you, we're mad. That was before our brewers really understood the dark fruity arts and i'll tell you they do understand them fruity arts now i'm gonna open this up <laughs> honestly if anybody knows fruity arts it's the brewers at titanic brewery now here we go i'm gonna i'm gonna open this up listen to this listen to this that was a subtle that was very quiet there's it was a usually a one. bit more of a pop to it that was, it was quite a, a subtle one however the smell Oh, honestly, I wish you could be here. It's like um, it's like I'm a, it's like I'm in Willy Wonka's sweet world. <laughs> right, I'm pouring it. 
Now, porters are a bit different. Like, you don't get... Actually, you know, I was about to say you don't get the best heads on them, but this is not too bad. Uh, I have to put that bottle down very quickly. Oh, my God, the head's going. Here we go. Three, two, one. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. Right, these images are coming through right now, Jamie. I just can't Here wait. we go. Just can't. I'm sending you two images because I took two just in case. Now the head has almost depleted now because I didn't particularly pour it that well to be honest. Even when I say the word pour in a normal way I start going poor Ooh, now. That does look dark and fruity doesn't it? It, it is very um, dark and fruity. I'm just smelling it again because the smell is incredible. Well it looks nice and crisp. There's a, a, a nice foamy head on it. Just the right thickness, density. I think for I believe this is the third week in a row. That is the perfect pour. Oh my Jesus. Jamie's given it for a third week in a row. But what do you think? If you listen to this on the very, very first day, could you please rate it? Rate it? What the hell am I on about? Could you please look at it on the old Instagram and see what you think? Is it the perfect pour or isn't it? Now, I did remember last week to actually save last week's results. Now, hey. just as a reminder, last week was Welbeck Abbey Brewery. It was the Atlas IPA. And I've got to say... Fantastic beer. I will be partaking in that beer again. Now, the three options I gave for the perfect pour last week were yes, I can't say otherwise. Maybe it's definitely one of the best yet, or nah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just nah. <laughs> yeah, just nah. That was the last one. Uh, I can reveal that nah was 20% of the votes. And, shockingly, it's a draw. People could not decide whether it was or sort of wasn't. Okay. So we've got two ah. 40% here. So it's sort of a draw on yes, I can't say otherwise, and 40% for maybe. It's definitely one of the best yet. So we've wow. got a draw. Well done, Welbeck Abbey Brewery. Good job, Welbeck. Very, Good job, well very back. pleased with that. It was a great mm. pour, that. And from what you said, it was a very tasty little beverage. It was. Now, I haven't even tasted this one yet. I've just been smelling it for the past, like, three <laughs> minutes. Honestly. <Smelling> plums. <laughs> I am smelling my plums. If, honestly, <laughs> if you're near a shop now, go out and buy the Titanic Brewery Plum Porter. Because the smell alone, I, I honestly, I don't even think I need to drink it. <laughs> I can just sit here and smell. I am going to taste it, though. As usual, it's cracking. Go and buy it. Okay, we're going to move on from beer. It's been 20 minutes. Before we get into Return of the Jedi, here's the trailer for that incredible film. Return for the climactic clash between the forces of good and evil. Return to a galaxy far, far away. Return of the Jedi.
next chapter in the continuing Star Wars saga. The battle for freedom rages on. the hero, the courage of a rebel, the strength of a leader, the loyalty of comrades, the power of the force, the cunning of the enemy. fulfilled an epic of heroes villains and aliens from a thousand worlds the quest continues the circle closes the saga lives on Return of the Jedi begins May 25th at a theater in your galaxy. Welcome back from that little interlude where it felt like you were in a cinema itself watching the trailer. It did. The trailer for Return of the Jedi. So, Jamie, what did you think? We didn't watch the trailer, obviously. <laughs> we, we didn't watch the trailer at all. What did you think of the film as a whole? Oh, yeah, of course. That's, <laughs> it's been a long week. It's been it has long been a long... Week. I mean, it's only Tuesday. <laughs> um, I mean, this is one of my favourite Christmas movies of all time. <laughs> favourite Christmas movie? Why Return is it of the Christmas? Jedi, in my opinion, is a Christmas movie. Wait, why is it a Christmas movie? When I was younger... They always used to have this on TV at Christmas time. I'm talking when Did I was they? like four, five, six. I used to always end up unless my dad just put it on the DVD or something, or or the VHS. Was it VHS? VCR. It probably was VHS. What's a I videotape called? <laughs> is it a VCR? VHS no. is the shop, isn't VHS? it? VHS. No. VHS is the shop. It's a VCR. No. Let's just call it a video. Digital VCR. I want to say it's a, the videotape. I'm the, pretty sure VHS video... is the shop. I don't know. Let's just go... No, it's BHS, isn't it? Right, no, let's stop talking about yeah, British shops. Da, da, da. I don't know. Anyway, I think it's... Because I love this film. I think it's fantastic. It is. It is a fantastic film. I think this has got um, the best music out of the lot. It has a really good soundtrack. It has some really good visuals as well. And there's some really exciting new planets and sets. I say planets... There is. We get we get to go back to Tatooine, which we'll discuss. There's a uh, the forest moon of Endor, Yavin Four. There's lots of exciting new colourful planets. It's a very green film. It is. There's lots of greenery, lots of like green around, like even Jabba's palace is basically green. Yeah, I think it does really well to create a scene in lots of different places. The story evolves and rounds off, but not quite so slightly, um, but also quite well. Um, I'm talking absolute gibberish. <laughs> I would, you know what? I've never thought that before. But when you were saying that, I actually did think, "What the hell is he on about?" Um, but yeah, no, <laughs> it was like it, it rounds off and it goes up and it goes down. It does well, it have does some form of ending. It does round the story off well, but not quite because there's yes, more I, later, I know what you mean. We'll I know what you mean. Um, 
but no, it's it's a really it's again it's got a bit of cheese. It's also got some serious elements, and it's also got some quite emotional elements. Yeah, I think that I think the cheese. I think this is the best cheese we've had though. This is like yeah. a um, it's it's like a, a well aged Stilton. This Ooh. one, Ooh. it is. Um, no, I'm just thinking that my dad actually lives in Stilton. Does he? He's actually <laughs> he lives does, in Stilton. Yeah. He lives in Stilton. And this is where you tell us he's lactose intolerant. No, he's not. No, no. But um, oh. he does enjoy his cheeses. He does, yeah. Uh, likes a nice Good cheese man. and wine. And uh, oh, probably would yeah. be appreciative of a, a nice IPA perfect pour. Hey, um, that's good. Well, good on him, honestly. Sure. Shout out to your dad, then. Nice one, Dad. There we go. Uh, <laughs> nice but there one. Is, there is a good amount of cheese, particularly in the opening scenes. It's very cheesy. It is very cheesy. Now, let's get into this story. Now, uh, I I completely forgot how this one starts off, but it's basically Darth Vader's checking on how the Death Star's construction is going. But it turns out it's delayed. And he Beso, say, Beso basically, <laughs> I've written it down as Beso instead of basically. That's why I said it. He basically says you better get a bloody move on because the Emperor's on his way, doesn't he? Yes. So um, he, he tells him, doesn't he, that... We, we know the emperor's not sharing your lack of enthusiasm about your progress, and it's like, oh, we'll double our efforts. And he goes, "You best, the emperor is not as forgiving as me." And the guy, you can just see him trembling a little bit, especially when he finds out the emperor's coming. <laughs> I know. I mean, especially when he walks when is that little brown trail. I mean, I, it was it was very strange. <laughs> from his leg. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Oh no, not the emperor." Be careful. Uh, and then I... choke on your aspirations. <laughs> <laughs> and he like force throws a turd at him. <laughs> What is this podcast turning into? <laughs> I don't know. It's going mental. Uh, I uh, I'd forgot how quickly it gets into like Jabba's palace as well. Yeah, it's almost instant, isn't it? We see yeah three uh, PO and R two making their way there uh, through yeah, the, so the desert dunes, the Jutland yeah. wastes, yeah, Jutland wastes of, of Tatooine, Tatooine. So yeah, so they're like going up to Jabba's palace, and there's this. Um, don't know this big robot eyeball that comes out and lets them in, and eventually they get to Jabba and they show him a hologram of Luke and Luke sort of trying to do a little hologram bargain for Han to get Han off of Jabba and Jabba just laughs it off and he's like, Nah, I think you know actually, I think we'll have C three PO and R two D two for myself. And well, Luke C3PO... tried to offer them his payment, didn't he? Yes, he does, but he just he just takes them anyway, doesn't yeah. he? So yeah. <laughs> So R2, not R2, so C-3PO turns into the translator for Jabba, and R2, I've written down, turns into a cocktail maker. He does, doesn't he? He becomes a little uh, no. cocktail maker slash cocktail tray slash like table barman. slash robotic bar. Hmm. I mean, I do um, worse jobs. <laughs> it always sticks out to me when they take the droids down to the like the dungeons, and there's that droid working there, like a... Uh, doing like an inventory and job um, assigning for all the droids. And he's like, you're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn some respect to us. Yeah, it's like a sassy (laughs) robot, isn't it? Really sassy. And he's ordering the the Gamorreans, is that what they're called? Yes, the Gamorrean Gamorrean guards. Yeah, he's ordering them about as well, isn't he? Like this little robot thinks he owns. Yeah. But he's committing like cannibalism. Essentially, Pretty by much. destroying and probably eating and drinking the fluids from his, his droid counterparts that he's torturing. <laughs> I mean, he probably is. I, I'd completely forgot about that character as well. I mean, he's only in it like, for that one scene, though, isn't he? But yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like to know if there's a backstory of why he's so mean. Maybe someone was mean to him in a past life. 
Potentially. We Maybe never know. someone told him to stay with the ship and then never came back because he fell into a pit of lava. You know what? I think you might be right. You might be. <laughs> you know what? We might find out one day. Uh, <laughs> a, and then we, we'd stay with Jabba's palace. Um, an unknown, I've written, bounty hunter arrives at Jabba's palace with Chewbacca demanding payment for his capture. The bounty hunter ends up freeing Han Solo, but then this bounty hunter, as a surprise to anyone, turns out to be none other than Princess Leia herself. She does, because she, uh, she bargains with Jabba a little bit and uh, wants more than... Because Jabba offers 25, doesn't he, for Chewie? Yes, and he does, yeah. She or he, at the time, we, we assume it's a man in the bounty hunter outfit because they refer to the bounty hunter as him, wants more. And then Jabba's like, why should I accept your offer? And then C-3PO's like, because he's holding a thermal detonator. Yeah, and it's and great, isn't it? It's so good. <laughs> like, every time a thermal detonator turns up in anything, you know stuff's going down. Yeah. It's serious. And, and Jabba just laughs it off, doesn't he? Like, ha, 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 ha. He'd probably yeah, just eat it and he'd be fine. <laughs> well, he, I know he says, like, oh, you're my kind of scum, doesn't he? So yes, he does, he does, he um, does. But yeah, it's... Um, because Han's asking, oh, who are you? Because he can't see, can he? And it's like, someone who loves you. <laughs> she yeah, takes so, off the helmet. And, I mean, unlike, I mean, like that's going to help. I mean, Han's blind at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so basically Han coming out of Carbonite is, he's completely blind. Yeah, uh, the whatever, sickness. yeah, the process of putting him through it is sort of like poisoned his body. And until that sort of got out of his system... He's basically completely blind. Um, Just so got a really bad hangover, isn't he? He's sweating a lot. Pretty much. Pretty much a really bad hangover. Uh, after this, very, very shortly, well, in the same scene, it turns out that the entire time Jabba and all of his cronies were all waiting behind the curtains. They all sort of draw back and they're all captured and Leia's turned into a slave and Chewie and Han are thrown into a cell of their own. I'm just going to say, before we move on, Jabba is, it's incredible puppetry. It's amazing. It is. He's so repulsive. <laughs> it's, honestly, like, I don't know how. It's, it, I, I say this every week with these older films. There's not one moment, I actually said it with K2SO as well, there's not one moment in this film where I don't believe any of the aliens are actually there. No, they're, they're all very convincing, and it just shows the budget that's increased. And also yeah. CGI was improving, and uh, models and, and puppeteering and animations were improving at that time. So, yeah, it's so believable. You really feel like it is just this big, fat lump that's just utterly repulsive. You, you, you actually do. You actually do feel like it's a big, fat lump. Now... We're going to go the complete other way of being really, really good to the complete opposite now. So Luke shows up in person, um, and as he makes it down, we get um, the Max Rebo band, don't we? We do. They they sing the infamous song. With some CGI additions. Yes. <laughs> and some, some changes. Inc- incredibly pronounced teeth, I would say. 
Yeah, it's a bit off-putting, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Like, I think the song is great. <laughs> don't get me wrong. <laughs> and then there's that guy and he just comes in. And he's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. But I love it. But the CGI is horrendous. It is quite bad, especially because they've also got non-CGI characters around the CGI characters. Yes, what makes I think it that is worse. the one time when I, I don't believe that Alien's there. Yes, exactly. That's now, the Obviously, exception. that's an addition, though, isn't it, that George yeah. Lucas put in later on. Now, if, but if you do look at the original version... That alien with the really long lips does look awful in the original version. Yeah, true. I will say the CGI version does look better, but it does look out of place. Just a little bit. Just a I little mean, bit. Max Rebo looked a little bit like a, a balloon with googly eyes. He is a balloon a, with a googly eyes. A balloon with googly eyes. <laughs> he pretty, he's like one of them, what is he, wacky flailing inflatable arm tube man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a deflated version of one of them. Um, anyway, Luke has shown up and he's got to push past all this stupid music that's going on. Um, and he confronts Jabba in person this time. It's not, it's not a hologram. He's there in person. But... It doesn't work. Jabba pushes this button. The floor opens up. The falls in to this big pit with the rancor, doesn't he? Yes, and one of the uh, the the Gamorians. Gamorians? Yes, the Gamorian guards. Yeah, yeah. One of them falls in as well, and the uh, yeah the rancor comes out, doesn't it? It's gr- and that also teamed together with Jabba is probably one of the best bits of puppetry. And stop motion or what? It's not yeah. stop motion, is it? It's all puppetry, isn't it? The we get the perfect pull. We've got the perfect puppetry. Oh, the perfect. It could be puppetry. It could be models. I don't know. I, I think it's probably a mix, isn't it? Yeah, but it definitely looks it's... like it's almost stop motion. Like it's a little bit jerky. Sort so I think of, it might yeah. be some sort of model work. Maybe a combination. Mm, but it, it, nevertheless, whatever it is, it looks great. The rancor scene is. It's brilliant. Now, Luke ends up obviously beating the Rancor without his lightsaber because it's within R2-D2, isn't it? It is at that point, yeah. And he, he uses the Force. Well, he, does he use the Force or doesn't he just like manage to run past the Rancor he and then he... uses the Force to push the button on the door, doesn't he? That's to slam it down yeah. his head. I and the one, the one thing that gets me with that is when the guard finds the Rancor dead, he's so sad. He, this is the thing. The Rancor Keepers are sad. Well, the Rancor, as we found out in the Book of Boba Fett, they imprint themselves, don't they, on the first person they lay co- eye contact with. Yeah, so he um, that must have been his that man. man. Yeah, and they'll kill pretty much everyone apart from that person. Um, yes. So it was just how sad he was. That was like, you said it was like that was his pet, and he kept, loved and cared for it, and I felt so bad for that guy. I did as well. He was very, very, he was a very sad man, but Luke does kill the rancor like i've just said he basically crushes it with a gigantic metal door and it crushes it and basically snaps its neck and stabs it into it um jabber is very very annoyed at this because it's basically his pet of how to kill people um he sentences jabber no, he doesn't sentence jabber he sentences everyone to death by sarlacc 
Yeah, and um, I feel like it's kind of premeditated, isn't it? They've all got a plan. They all know what they're doing. But uh, at this point, we're like, Sarlacc? What's a Sarlacc? What's a Sarlacc? So, There's something worse say, than a rancor? <laughs> yeah, there's something worse than a rancor. Now, I'm just going to say this immediately. If you haven't seen this film, what are you doing? Go and see it now. But the Sarlacc pit is basically... It's just like a big... Imagine your bath plug, but there's tentacles and teeth within the bath plug. That's what it is. Yeah, it's just a big pit in the ground with a massive, um, well, a creature called a sarlacc. That's a massive mouth, and you digest in its stomach. Is it a thousand years? I think it's a thousand years. It's a very slow process. I mean, you'd probably obviously more likely die of starvation and Yeah, before you actually dissolve. And maybe just lack of oxygen, like suffocation, before you dissolve. But uh, as we find out in Book of Boba Fett, spoilers if you've not seen it, um, skip ahead a couple of minutes, it, it does, it is still acidic in a short amount of time and there can still cause some, you know, surface level burns. Yeah, it definitely can. Now, before we get to that incredible moment of Boba Fett's life... Um... They are all taken to Jabba's barge, which is basically this big floating yacht in the middle of the Dune Sea. Um, and pirate style, he makes Luke walk the plank. It's so cheesy. It's so it's, weird. It's literally they, they've just ripped off having to walk off the plank of a pirate ship into into a shark infested waters. But walk I love the plank it. off this floating pirate ship into. A I pit love with it. I do love it. It's just, oh, it's the most cheesy thing ever, but it's just fantastic. It's and amazing. It's, it's it's what happens after that, the nods that just yes. get me. It's, um, and he even basically starts a mutiny as well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he, he just mutinies. turns everything on its head. Uh, R2, he gives him sort of like a little nod, and he does like a little backflip off the end of the, off the end of the plank, and he catches the lightsaber in midair because R2-D2 fires it out of the top of his head (laughs) which I didn't know he could do and then there's all this big fight and everyone's fighting and Luke doesn't he accidentally kill Boba Fett? Um, No, I think it's actually Han that kills Boba Fett Is it Han? You know what, my brain Because I'm sure that he hit because Han's trying to because Lando gets knocked off the Lando Calrissian gets knocked off the little barge, doesn't he? Um, and he's hanging by a thread over the well, like, literally by a rope over the Sarlacc pit. And Han's yes. still partially blind at this point, and he goes to grab um, a big metal stick. Ah, and he whacks and, uh, the he jet hits pack, the jetpack with it. That's it. And it Sorry, sends yeah. Flat, and he does so exactly like that. Like, yeah, <laughs> um, something like that. And it's one yeah, of his, it's one of his few. It. few <laughs> He's like, it's yeah. one of his few lines in that actual trilogy. He, has, he only has like three three lines, and one of them is ah. <laughs> yeah, and one of them is a scream. So yeah, and he, he falls into the Sarlacc pit, and we assume that's the end of old Boba. Yeah, um, we do think he's dead, but obviously there's a series called The Book of Boba Fett, and he's not dead. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. Do you want to know how great. he returned though? Do I want to, or does the audience? Do want you to? do you want to know? I can tell you if you want. Um, does it begin with the letter S? It does. Boba Fett returned somehow. Wow, that's definitive. <laughs> yeah. They should they should get you to write the next Star Wars film. Honestly. Easy, <laughs> easy. It's easy to bring someone back when they're dead. 
Uh, so after this, um, the Emperor... Actually, no, we've missed something. The barge blows up and Jabba dies. Well, Leia strangles him, doesn't she? She does, yeah. So Leia There's strangles Jabba with this big chain while all the ruckus is going on. And then just to make sure he's dead, he blows up. Yeah, kaboom. Kaboom, he goes absolutely. Oh, Wanga, kaboom. And Salacious Crumb, he is basically a crumb now. So yeah, Literally. <laughs> he's literally a little burnt crumb on the floor. That's what he is. Uh, so now the Emperor arrives on the Death Star. He tells Vader to chill out and that Luke will come to him. He doesn't have to bother looking for him. Luke will eventually come. Uh, obviously, I'm not cro- um, quoting that. <laughs> Emperor doesn't just come to the Death Star and go, Oi, Vader, chill out. But that's well, basically the gist. I find that scene quite funny because they're a bit backwards and forwards because... Um, Vader says, my son is there. Um, and then the the Emperor's like, well, that's strange. I've not felt it. And he's like, yes, it is. I, I will hunt for him. And he goes, just go there and wait, essentially. And then Vader's like, he'll come to me. And the Emperor was like, yes, I have foreseen it. And it's like, well, hang on. A second ago, you said you didn't know he was there. <laughs> and Vader did. But now Vader doesn't know what's going to happen, and you do. They're taking turns with the Force. And the yeah, things. they are. It's... I found that quite funny. It's like, it... Vader was a bit confused, like, he will come to me. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what? He will come to me? <laughs> well, he does. <laughs> he does. He, he does eventually. So, obviously, that's just a little scene, little pretense to what's going to happen. Now, after the whole debacle on Tatooine, Luke decides to fly to Dagobah in the hopes of completing his training with Yoda. He's mm. like, I've saved everyone, I've saved Han, now I'm going to go and complete my training with Yoda. When he gets there, Yoda's sort of, he doesn't look very well, and he's in bed, and he's all asleep, and Yoda reveals to Luke that Leia is actually his twin sister, and that if Luke wants to become a fully-fledged Jedi, he must fight Vader. And then he dies. <laughs> He does. He, he does the classic <laughs> Jedi disappear into thin air. Yeah, he's um, like, mm, I must go now. <laughs> That's what he does. Oh my god, that was incredible. That's what um, he says. He does that like, little laugh. <laughs> he's done. He's like, no, I'm old. <laughs> See you, mate. He's, like, he's your problem now. I tried yeah. to tell Obi-Wan we shouldn't train him when he was just a kid, but no, he wanted to train him, and he wanted to train you too. So as far as I'm concerned, it's his problem and it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out. That's what he says. Pretty much, and, and he's mm, gone. Don't have you. Just, oh, <laughs> Yoda's so sassy. Like Yoda is sassy, and it becomes becomes more apparent in the original trilogy how sassy he is because he's not, as we said in epi- um, when we discussed last week's episode, uh, episode five. He's he's a bit nutty, isn't he? He is um, a little he's bit. Lost a, little his bit nutty. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Did you by chance? managed to watch the video that I mentioned last I week. I did, <laughs> and it's incredible. <laughs> Poking with the coconut. <laughs> it's honestly incredible. If you haven't seen it, you must go and watch the video. It's, it's bloody the amazing. seagulls poking my head, not fun. It is um, so, so seagulls have been poking at Yoda's head and he dies. <laughs> he does, and that's, that's pretty much it. The seagulls were there. The seagulls, they flew all the way from Earth. And then they ended up on Dagobah and they pecked out his little brain and that's why he went mad. Yeah, but he managed to impart that knowledge that there is another. There is, there is another. Uh, 
Luke, after this, goes outside and he is confronted by Obi-Wan Force Ghost, who tells him exactly the same as Yoda did, that he needs to go and fight Darth Vader, basically, just to reinforce it. Because if Luke didn't believe Yoda, he now has the the bolstering of Obi-Wan to tell him. And he also tells him that there is some good left in Vader somewhere. Yeah. Don't know where it is, but it's there. It might be in his lifetime. It's probably, probably like just his li- a little toe's worth. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the end it. of the, the toenail. Hmm, potentially. I mean, that is a incredibly tiny amount but i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past it being that a small of amount because he is pretty evil in these films to be honest he is he's very cruel very cruel he's very very uh, cruel and and luke essentially says yeah all right then he's like yeah i'll go and kill me dad off to kill my dad there we go <laughs> great stuff we're putting um what's it called snow white and the seven dwarves with star wars and killing your dad. It's a it's a great podcast, everyone. Stay tuned for more. <laughs> uh, the rebels all get together and they make a big bloody plan to take down the Death Star by destroying what they have found a shield generator on Endor. Because obviously the Death Star is currently being built, so it doesn't have a shield around it. Well, a self sustaining one, so they're having to use Endor to create the shield around it. Now, Lando is going to lead the fleet of ships, and he's going to be flying the Millennium Falcon to try and get to the De- Death Star's main reactor, aren't they? They are, yes. Yeah. So similar to what we saw in Episode 4, there's a whole little squaddy of fighter pilots wanting to uh, do some kabooms. And, and I'll tell you right now, just as a spoiler alert, they do some kabooms. They do all the kabooms in the world. Yeah, because I, I believe Han, Chewie, well, when that's all decided, Han, Chewie, Luke and Leia, they and the, the droids decide to go down to Endor, don't they, in the shuttle? Yeah, so this or is the point ahead? where... No, you, you're right on the money. So this is the point where the people actually, all the main characters, they go down to Endor, which is where the shield generator is. Now, Luke and Leia uh, fend off some stormtroopers on some speeder bikes, and then it ends up with Leia... And she's missing in action because she's fallen off. Uh, but she's saved by some Ewoks. Ewoks for little teddy bears. Yeah, and the Ewoks are incredible. If you don't like the Ewoks, I don't like you. And it's just Warwick Davis, isn't it? Not in all of them. Not in all of them. He plays the um, the main Wicket. Ewok, doesn't he? Wicket. Wicket, that's the name. I always forget the name. He plays Wicket, yeah, he doesn't plays... he? Yeah, he's Leia... a big fan, of, big fan of cricket. Leia bumps into Wicket, the Ewok, doesn't she? Um, and she doesn't. She gives very... him, and I I love this because yeah. Well, she doesn't just give him any food. I think this is fantastic because it's not fantastic. It's weird. Um, she gives him some chocolate. <laughs> Sorry, my microphone cut out there. Incredible, incredible scenes. Uh, no, I'm not going to edit it out. I'm just going to say <laughs> the line exactly how I said it, and it's going to stay. And you ready? She gave him some chocolate. There we go. (laughs) I think it's really weird. She actually just cracks out a bar of chocolate. Yeah, how do they get that in the galaxy? I don't know, but apparently it's confirmed that hot chocolate is an actual thing in Star Wars. Oh, so maybe they have cocoa plants somewhere, or cacao. Cacao plants. Yeah, maybe they do. She just gives him some chocolate. I didn't know teddy bears ate chocolate. 
Neither did I. I just thought they had um, Goldilocks. I, I mean, what I, what I find quite funny as well though is is how hostile this Ewok is towards her, and then she gives him trusting. some chocolate. He she gives him some chocolate, and suddenly he's like, "You're my best friend. I'm going to protect you." <laughs> yeah, I mean, any any bear would do that for a slice of Cadbury's. I would. Yeah, pretty much. Especially I'd do it for a slice of... for some. Oh, honey. exactly. Oh, some honey. <laughs> My God, he, you know he would for um. What's that one that with the honeycomb inside? Crunchy, crunchy. If you if you crunchy. gave Winnie the Pooh some crunchy, he would do anything for you. <laughs> he definitely he'd, would. He'd be loving life anyway. He'd take um, down the Death Star himself. He oh, would. Bother. He, Looks like there's a space station in the way, and he just throws <laughs> his pot of honey at it and covers it in honey, and that's the end of the story. Now. Leia is saved by Wicket. She gives him some chocolate. They make friends and they sort of all get together and they worship C-3PO as a god. Which I, they do. I, and they're, it's incredible. they're all doing that little chant, aren't they? That, it sounds like bowing up and down. It's incredible. But then he won't play along with it because it's not in his program to pretend to be a deity. No, it's amazing. It's one of the best scenes, I think, in any of these films that he it just makes no ends sense. up becoming a god. It doesn't make any sense. It's because he's shiny, probably. Yeah, they, they like him, don't they? They've probably never seen the colour gold as well, so they're probably, probably like, wow, this must be something special. And he can communicate with them. And he can communicate with them as well, yeah. Even now, this is... Exactly. Now, this is the point of the film where... Basically, the secrets, secrets, the secrets are revealed. Luke, in the middle of the night, tells Leia that they're twins and they are actually related. This is the big reveal. And he surrenders to Vader and he tells him that there's good left him in him. And he calls him Anakin, doesn't he? Yeah, because... Um... I think Darth Vader says, oh, the Emperor's waiting for you. And he says, I know, Father. And Vader says, so you have accepted the truth. And he says, I have accepted the truth that you're once Anakin Skywalker, my father. And Vader loses it here, doesn't he? So yeah. that name no longer holds any meaning for me. Because can you and imagine uh, like how long it's been since anybody's called him Anakin? And It's got to have been a long time. Yeah, it must be like 30 years, like 25 years or something, whatever. Yeah, well, well it'll be... 20 years? Well, Obi-Wan called him it in... Oh, yeah. So probably maybe about, about 13 years ago. About thir- yeah, 13, 15 years since he's been called Anakin. So he's fully Vader at this point. And even being called Anakin purely by his son as well, which I think adds a lot to it, yeah. is enough to start to crack down those Sith evil layers, isn't it? Yeah, and Luke starts playing, planting those seeds in Vader's head, doesn't he? He says, it's the name of your true self you've only forgotten. Um, I know there is still good in you. And what we see is, uh, at this point, with all the talk that Vader and Anakin are different people, I, I, I believe we genuinely see Anakin come out because Vader says, it is too late for me, son. And I think that's Anakin wanting to be able to turn back to the light. Yes, But feeling is. like he's just in too deep. And it's almost a, yeah, you're right, but I'm sorry, son. And he says, you don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. He's scared of Palpatine. He is scared of Palpatine. And I think from the moment Luke is with Vader, I think Anakin's back. Yes. I don't think, I think any bits where 
you think it's Vader and where they're fighting in a moment and where he's sort of appeasing the Emperor is Darth Vader in the back coming forward and manipulating Anakin like the way yes. he did in episode towards the end of episode two and all the beginning of episode three. Yeah, and this, sorry, this is jumping a little bit ahead, but with with the fight scene just before it starts, which I'm sure we'll get to in a bit more detail in just a moment, when Luke does take the swing at the Emperor, Vader yes, blocks exactly, it. Yeah, but a lot of people are thinking that actually that wasn't Vader protecting Palpatine, that was Anakin protecting Luke from giving into his anger and falling exactly, into if, the dark side. If he'd have killed Palpatine in that moment, Palpatine knows that. Vader would have made him his Padawan and they would yeah. have been like ruling the galaxy as the Sith. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think that was Vader so much saving the Emperor because he hated the Emperor. He wanted him to die. But at the same time, he was saving his son. That's what I he like, I like to think of that. Now, we'll get to that in a, literally a brief moment. Um, yes. While, while all that's going on, um, on Endor, Vader escorts... Luke to the sort of little shuttlecraft spaceship to take him to the Emperor. And while all that's happening, the Battle of Endor fully kicks off. So Han and the rest of them are all captured trying to get into this um, shield generator room. But then, luckily for them, the Ewoks come to the rescue. And it's, it's incredible. This entire fight scene is incredible. All the little traps and stuff that the Ewoks have set up to destroy the um, the ATATs. ATST. Yeah. It's incredible. Like the logs. The, log the logs one that come from either so side good. and just like yes. clatter them. Like they stood on the logs as well. It is. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's amazing. And I even love where they're on their little um, little gliders and they're like dropping rocks onto <laughs> these big machines. They're doing bugger all. They're doing absolutely bugger all to it. But but, but they're it's doing it and it's great. Isn't it? But then it is, it's amazing. With that, whilst it is also very entertaining, it does cause a good distraction. Like when you see inside the cockpit of the ATST and suddenly the Ewoks are hanging upside down outside the front window. <laughs> yeah. like, it's great. It's um, amazing. We do also get one of the saddest mini scenes don't we in star wars history we do and i remember yeah i do where all the ewoks die well it's it's not all of them is it well it's it's just it's just sad it's so sad two of them are running together aren't they and they get shot over and they both fall one of them gets up and tries to wake up his friend it's and so his friend sad. won't wake up. You know and I'm what? Like, oh, that just gets me every time. I am actually getting a bit, but I'm actually weirdly tearing up very slightly. <laughs> no way! What the hell is going on? Oh, oh my god! It's, honestly, I actually am. I can feel my eyes welling up. Um, it's, this is real. I'm not even joking as well. This is real. It's that I don't know. I think it's because the Ewoks are just so lovely, aren't they? And yeah, they just want to help. A lot of a lot of people's criticism of the Ewoks are, well, they're too they're literally just put in to sell toys and be cute. Now, partly, I slightly yeah. agree with that. Obviously, they were put in for toys for younger people, but they were also, in my opinion, put in because they're the most unexpected adversary to the Empire. Like. A bunch of little cute teddy bear things taking down stormtroopers. <laughs> Who'd have it's thought just of that? Amazing! It's just great next and it level works. Cheese. 
And it works, so and I love it. I love every moment of the Ewoks. Anyway, I'm going to have to move on, or I will start tearing up. <laughs> <laughs> so now we actually do get to the Luke and Vader fight. Now, I've written down in all capital letters here, the music in this scene is incredible. It's some of the best music. It's probably the best piece of music in a yeah. scene in any of these Star Wars films. It just adds so much emotion to it. I've never I've never watched a scene, probably in a film, any other film, where the music matches the emotions of the scene better than this. Like props to John Williams for scoring this so well as he does every film that he does, but especially this scene. It's it's it, it's amazing. It is amazing. It it comes close in episode three with the um Battle of the Heroes with Anakin and yes, Obi-Wan. Like yes, the music, yes, yes, it does. The music there fits really well to just the, the whole tempo of it and it, it flows quite well throughout the scene. But yeah, I agree. I think it's it, so much better fitted in this film. Um, it, it does capture the emotion. It captures what both, well, both characters have been through and it captures what's at stake. It does. It, it 100% captures what's at stake. And I'd never really realised it before, but I think it's, like I've said in previous weeks, it's probably because we're watching them all sort of like, um, coherently and quite close yeah. together that the music because it's quite this slight bits of operaticness to it I got some Duel of the Fate vibes from it it was a little bit on par with that thinking about it now yeah some like the style of music so like with the Duel of the, like, at the beginning where it's like <laughs> that bit I yeah. sort of when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, this is actually quite similar to this. It's like the length of those notes are quite similar in length to the notes in this scene as well. And I thought, is this sort was Duel of the Fates, the music, was that a callback to this scene? Maybe it could be. That's a good Potentially. point. It could well be. I don't know, but I, that's just me anyway. Obviously, music is subjective. So, and yeah. there we go. Now, obviously, they're fighting and it. It sort of ends with Luke chopping off Vader's robot hand, and the Emperor is incredibly happy with this. And Luke looks at him in the face, and he says, Oi, mate, bugger off. He's like, ah, thanks for your job offer, but uh, I'm all right, I'm going to go get a beer with the boys. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to go get a beer with the boys at the cantina. I'm sticking with the Jedi. And that's what he says. Uh, he says, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. Um and my this is one of my favourite lines is when um, the emperor goes, "So be it, Jedi." Oh, it's so good, isn't it? <laughs> I love I love that line. Just lays into him, doesn't he? He does, but I just think that shows how petty the emperor is as well. So he won't even try and convince him. He's just like, "All right then." Well, he obviously had this master plan probably since Luke was born. Let's be yes. honest; he's probably been plotting this that Anakin was going to be the most powerful, um, but obviously became injured and that limited his power to an extent but his son is probably going to have even more potential potentially um, yeah and it's like oh right yes you've been planning this for years and he's just said nah i'm all right and your response to that is to be like gow <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all, right, like, ah, all right then all right i'll shoot my lasers at you <laughs> it's ridiculous isn't it you thought he'd have like maybe played a few more games or been a bit sure that it was going to work but maybe like, i think yeah one thing that I really like about this scene as well, visually, is that in the background of all the scenes where you can see the Emperor in the window, you can see 
the battle the, sh- the space battle in the background and the little yes. flashes of the explosions i think that's a really nice little detail yeah it, it just adds to the scene like you realize that there's so much else going on at the same time because it keeps coming back between that scene and the battle of endor as well it um, does and i was just about to get to that so once this happens as soon as luke defeats vader we cut back to endor and the rebels and the ewoks win they win in glorious fashion and they blow up they finally blow up the shield generator and it's quite a quick little scene they blow the shield generator and then we get back and it's time for emperor versus luke now luke is basically completely outmatched and he gets absolutely destroyed in one hand he's thrown his lightsaber <laughs> hasn't he away he's yep, thrown he his has. lightsaber away yep and he gets absolutely destroyed by this lightning and the emperor is basically like this mad wizard <laughs> <laughs> and he's like screaming and laughing. And you have paid the price for your lack of vision. He, he does. And he's like <laughs> on the floor. Luke's on the floor getting electrocuted. And there's a really nice bit, which is slightly cheesy, but it really works. And it's Vader. And he like he looks at Luke. And he looks at Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> and he looks at Luke. And he, it's Luke. like... It's like it, it goes. It's, it's that like cliche, it, isn't it? It feels like it goes on forever, but the cliche <laughs> works. And it does. Ultimately, Anakin wins. Anakin fully takes over, and even with one hand, he grabs Palpatine, picks him up, throws him down a reactor shaft, and there's this really nice effect where the lightning's flowing through Vader's armor, and you can see like the skeleton beneath. That. It's such a nice, nice it's addition. So cool. And he throws really the Emperor is. off of the reactor shaft. Um, and I've written here. Because obviously we know this is definitive. Um, he throws the Emperor off the reactor shaft, killing Palpatine forever. There is now no chance of him returning ever. Especially not somehow. This, this He will never return. Somehow he can't return. There's no chance. Yeah. No chance at all of him returning. Because he's been thrown literally into the reactor of a Death Star. Yeah. He There's can't absolutely come no way that he could somehow come back. No. I mean, somehow he might, but I, I highly doubt it. Um, so this is the point where simultaneously um, Lando and his team attacks a Death Star and the Death Star gets blown up and it's all blowing up everywhere. And as this is happening, Luke drags Vader into into the, like the landing pad area where all the ships are and he removes Vader's mask and I've written down that Vader looks like a boiled egg. Um, he does. The, um, the bald bit... cap wasn't the best. It's not great. Uh, but you know what? No. It's it's good. I like it. Does it's fine. Job. He looks, he looks mangled. Job. Do you know what though? I, I think you don't see it in this scene but when they showed him in I believe it was episode 5 from behind without the helmet on in his little chamber Yes, you know, that do, brief yeah. It looks like a Neapolitan ice cream. Does look like a Neapolitan ice cream. He does. Yeah, he does look but, a little uh, bit like a Neapolitan. A, Sebastian Shaw is that the name? I'm pretty the guy plays sure it is. We're all pretty point. sure it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, Sebastian we'll go with Shaw. That. Yeah, yeah, Darth um, Neapolitan. And they have a little. They him or the, at this stage he's Anakin, isn't he? Uh, Anakin and Luke. Yes, it is. Have yes. a little embrace. He, he tells Luke that he was right to tell his sister that he was right. And that Luke saved him. Did Luke? Luke completely saved him, and just for the final moments of his life, he's he's back as Anakin. There's no Vader there whatsoever. Luke has brought the light 
back to Vader, and ultimately, this is the moment where Darth Vader dies, while Anakin dies with Darth Vader along with him. They both die, and Luke escapes, but before he does, he pulls Vader's body onto a ship, which we don't get to see, and then Luke flies out of the hangar bay just as the Death Star explodes, and... I'm just going to write I'm just going to say this now because it's it's literally the final line of my notes. They all party with the Ewoks. Lando can't clap to the beat. Yoda, <laughs> Obi-Wan and Anakin appear as force ghosts. And the film ends. It's such a great ending. The music at the end as well. It's like a real it's a real good celebration party music like it's finally over, everyone's happy. It's such a good ending. It is an amazing ending. I am just typing right now because have you seen the video of Lando clapping? No, but I'll need to look it up. Um, I'm going to have to try and... Yeah, you definitely just go onto YouTube and try and find it. And somebody's put like the the claps in for Lando of what he's clapping to. It's nothing. It's nothing like what they're listening to. It's basically, it, it's basically this. I'll do it now. It's basically... And it's nothing like the music they're listening to. And he's just clapping to a random beat. So I don't know Amazing. what music don't know what music they're playing. But whatever they're clapping to, that's it. But yeah, so they have a big party with the Ewoks. Lando can't clap and you get some nice force ghosts and it's a lovely happy ending, which is why that's the last film they ever made. <laughs> Wait! <laughs> They made three more afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, so they made three more afterwards. But what do you think of the ending? I like the ending. I do like it. I think it's quite nice. Luke has become a Jedi. He's not going to give in to the dark side. Him and his sister, they know that they're siblings. Leia and Han are happy together. Um, Yoda, Obi-Wan and Anakin are all reunited it's a lovely ending, and the Ewoks are all partying. Ewoks are loving it, and they're using um, Stormtroopers' helmets for drums. For drums, I love that bit. Do they still have the skulls in? We'll never know. We'll never know. Probably. Do Probably do. I can imagine Ewoks will eat all those bodies. That's where they're going to go. Because mm. it was not cannibalism. Little, little carnivores, aren't they? They were going to eat um, Han and Luke, weren't they? They definitely were, so them Stormtroopers, no need to cremate them. Just send the Ewoks out with their little no. teeth. Yeah, they'll get them. They'll get them. That's all we need. And that has neatly brought us to the end of Return of the Jedi. And as always at the end of these episodes, we... You know, it's actually 15 minutes shorter than last time. Bloody Nora. <laughs> I've just noticed that. We rate these films based on how coarse they are as sand, which is based on the Star Wars Episode 2 line about Anakin, when he's talking about how coarse and rough the sand is. He absolutely hates it. Uh, a zero on our rating is sort of as clean and as smooth as it can get. It's basically glass, and a five is as rough as it can get. And sometimes we can give it a six, which is basically a pebble beach, because nobody wants to sit on a pebble beach. So, Jamie, no. what are you giving it on the rating system? I think I'm going to give it a solid one. Solid one? That's a good one. It's up there. It's up there. Um, Potentially, I don't know, actually. I'm not sure what what I can pinpoint being wrong with it as such. There wasn't really much wrong. 
It was a good movie. Um, it was maybe a bit cheesy. Um, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I, I know. I thought it was a very good movie. It's not perfect. There are things that potentially could have been better. Um, but it's an old movie. Um, I haven't really got any explanation why. I just feel like a one suits it. <laughs> you know what? I agree. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely <laughs> I think it's a one. Like, I, it's great. It's a really, really good film. But just not quite as good as the others, is it? Um, I think I preferred like it compared to, the to episode first, five. I don't know. I think I preferred it to four. But I'm yeah, I mean, raise, like, uh, episode I'm, five. Yeah, I think episode five just sort of is the crown of this this yeah. trilogy, isn't it? So you know, it, I mean, a ones are good. A one, anything a zero and one is great. I'm going to give it a one. It's a great film. Once again, if you haven't watched them. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, get on it. Yeah, get on it. Life is too short to not watch Star Wars. Life's too bloody short. Now, that has neatly brought us to the end of this week's episode. Is there anything you'd like to say before I play the music, Jamie? Dear Wanawanga. Ooh, Wanawanga. <laughs> McClunky is what I'll say. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, the music's playing. <laughs> Sorry. The music, not McClunky again. Not McClunky. The music's playing right now. That has been the final of the original trilogy. Next week, we are going to be starting the sequel trilogy with The Force Awakens, a.k.a. the only good film of the, of the, of the sequel Literally. trilogy. <laughs> Literally the only good se- of the sequel trilogy. This has been the Babblers Guild. Welcome, or should I say goodbye, <laughs> and we will see you next week. Bye! <laughs> see ya!